Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week's podcast is an episode of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, called Walking the Dog, which incidentally I have to do shortly. It first aired on May 3rd, 1953. More information after the episode. Craig speaking. You're a confidential investigator. To prove it, you've got more kinds of headaches than even the psychiatrists have counted. Take the one I acquired late this afternoon. Silhouettes through a frosted glass door don't tell you much, except hers did. What it told me was not an investigator's business. Come in. On the other hand, the business day was almost over. The silhouette hadn't lied. Even without the meat tossed carelessly around her shoulders, she would have slowed up any parade. You in a trance or something? Look, mister, all I want from you is the answer to just one question. How anxious are you not to get killed? Huh? He is alive. Who is? Oh, me. For a while back there, I was doing any worry. I, uh, was in a trance. Uh-huh. Sometimes I spend days in a trance. Mr. Craig. Yeah, I asked you a question. Well, that's right, you did. Uh, How anxious are you not to get killed? Very anxious. That's good. I was afraid you might be disappointed. Oh, no, because I don't want anyone to get killed on account of Caesar. On account of Caesar? He happened quite some time ago. Huh? Oh, never mind. I I guess we're not talking about the same Caesar. I guess not. Mine's only a puppy. Only a... uh, Mine was a Roman. Of course, he's a pretty big puppy. Sure. And he behaves just like a gentleman. Fine. I guess you'll be pretty expensive, won't you? Depends on would, what you... Would $500 be enough? For what? For walking Caesar. Maybe it was because she was beautiful that I didn't promptly toss her out of the office. Or it could have been the 500 she mentioned. It was probably the 500 you want to hire me to walk your dog? Mm-hmm. For $500, just how far do you expect me to walk him? Oh, just to the park and back. I live at the Grover Apartments on East 74, so it's not terribly far. I know the place. My name's Jolene Dimple. I'm in apartment 14C. Wait a minute, and I'd like... uh, the, the 500 is for one round trip? Well, not exactly. Because after all, if that was the only thing, why should I hire a confidential investigator? You know something, Doreen? What? That same thought's already occurred to me. Corky was right. He said you were smart. Who's Corky? A gentleman friend. How does he sign his name? With a pen. Hmm. Never mind. Uh, uh, you were getting ready to tell me why you decided to hire an investigator to walk your dog. Well, the last couple of times I walked Caesar, somebody tried to shoot him. Missed? Uh-huh. You're sure it was the dog they were shooting at? Am I sure it was... Mr. Craig. Yeah? Can you imagine a man shooting at me? Not easily. It there could have been a woman, though. Uh-uh. I saw the man. He was too far away for me to recognize, but it was a man. Then we let it go at that. Uh, you want me to walk the dog until I find out who's taking pot shots at him? That's right. You mentioned 500. Here. Thank you. What time does Caesar prefer? Around 8 o'clock at night. 
I'll be over at your place then. I'm so glad. By the way, Doreen. Hmm? You in show business? How did you guess? Professional secret. Not to mention Doreen Dimple. That's me. I know. It's also an incredible name. It is not. I made it up. That's what I meant. You at liberty now? Uh, well, I've retired, actually. Oh. Uh, Corky's idea? Uh-huh. He was afraid if I kept on working, I might catch pneumonia. Well, uh, that's always a danger in theatrical work. Sure. A girl's so exposed. Yeah. Well, so long, Doreen. I'll see you at eight. So long. Minnie and Caesar will be expecting you. From May 3rd, 1953, we're presenting Barry Craig, confidential investigator on the golden age of radio theater. I could have dignified the entire thing in my mind by figuring I was going to be shot at when I took the pooch for a stroll. But I suspected it was Doreen who was target for the week, and I just turned out to be nursemaid for a hound. But there was always one possibility. Caesar might bite. Hello, Jake. Hi. Hope I didn't disturb you. I wasn't doing nothing. Crops on Madison Avenue don't need attention. They've all gone home for the day. That's too bad. Jake. Yeah? You can start now. Oh, I keep forgetting. Speaking of uh, crops, did you notice my clients? Yeah. Why have you got your eyes closed? Resting them. I know what you mean. Her name's Doreen Dimple. I don't know about the Doreen, but I got a... Jake, remember that's not the kind of thing they approve of in Vermont. That's why I left Vermont. I go to work for Doreen tonight at 8, her apartment. Need help? I don't think so, Jake. Thanks anyway. All I have to do is walk her dog. Is that so? Yeah. Appears <laughs> like I still got language difficulties with you New Yorkers. Jake, yeah. Uh... Walking Doreen's dog means nothing else but that. Oh. Well, then maybe you'll enjoy the company. The dog? No, no. The, the fellow that was waiting for her. The fellow who was... They go off together? Yep. Probably a friend of hers. Yeah. No reason for me to worry about him, is there? I don't know. Either he was built funny or... Or what? Or he was carrying a revolver. Jake sometimes suffers from delusions of melodrama. I shrugged him off, went home, ate, changed into my dog-walking suit, and at 8 o'clock... Mm. Hey, Craig. It's simple, huh? Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come in. You call me Doreen at the office. I'm always informal at the office. Well, you better keep on being informal, because if you call me Miss Dimple, I want to know who you're talking to. Even my mother didn't call me Miss Dimple. Well, uh, could you quiet that monster? That's easy. My mistake. Uh, how about quieting him? Well, he always barks like that unless he's been introduced. <laughs> Come on, he won't bite. I think he's got weak teeth. Caesar, this is Mr. Craig. How do you do? I think he's going to like you. Well, that's nice. I might have a little trouble hauling him around the streets otherwise. He'll be very good. So I can concentrate on trouble from somebody else, maybe? From who? You probably know his name better than I do. I don't... You meet anyone when you left my office this afternoon? Um, no. My mistake. 
Let's go, Caesar. <laughs> hey, I hope the leash holds. I let my elephant gun home. You'll be careful, Mr. Craig. Sure. Uh, you're not worried? No. After all, what have I got to lose except uh, Caesar's life? <laughs> the nice thing about walking a dog as big as Caesar is that nobody sneers at you. For $500, I can be sneered at, but I don't insist on it. The streets were kind of quiet and cold. Nothing happened until we got to the park. All that happened then was that Caesar got excited. All those trees. He got over them after a while, and we started back, which was maybe a mistake. Doreen Dimple had warned me there'd be times like this. I was philosophical about Caesar's danger until one of the bullets removed my hat. At which point I gave up philosophy and took up diving. This made me a lousy target. The unseen gunman must have been annoyed. He parked his car on the road leading through the park, I guess. Because I heard him taking off. At least I hoped it was he. Must have been. The barrage was over. I dug myself out of the ground and headed for home. Caesar's home. Doreen's home. Maybe somebody else's home, too. I now had a hole in my hat. This night entitled me to a few more girlish confidences with Doreen. It entitled me to a new hat, anyway. The lady may be occupied, Caesar. On the other hand, the lady gave us no warning. Well, the door's not locked. The lady must be trusting. Something's holding the door back. Something heavy and... Uh, hey! Yeah, Doreen. Her body was up against the door. That kept it shut. Take it easy. It's a body, but it's still got life in it. Life and a big bruise on the head. Doreen! Hey, you better take it slow. I'll, I'll help you up. Feel good. You shouldn't have hit whatever you did hit with your head. I didn't hit anything. I was hit. By whom? Oh, I didn't see. The doorbell rang. I, I opened the door and it, it happened so fast. Burglar, maybe? I guess so. I wouldn't know. Oh, we'll find out. I think maybe it's time we got out of the foyer. Huh? I just remembered. Corky was visiting. He was in the living room when I answered the door. Maybe he caught the burglar. Or, or maybe he didn't. Let's go see. All right. Corky wouldn't have left me lying on the floor. Oh? Sure. He's a gentleman. And gentlemen... Never leave ladies lying on the floor. What's uh, Corky's full name? Jay Fotherington Bruce. Obviously a gentleman. Nothing in the name suggests Corky, though. Oh, that was because his greatest son was pulling corks out of bottles. Hmm. Nice living room. But Corky isn't here. Milk bottles don't come with corks. Your uh, friend was the South... Corky was a gentleman. Oh! Yeah, I just noticed it too. The foot sticking out from behind the window draperies. Stay where you are. Who, who is it? Maybe 50. Gray at the temple, red at the nose, paunchy in the midsection. Corky? Corky. He didn't catch a burglar, though. What? What he caught was a bullet in the heart.
monkey who in life had been Jay Frothington Bruce would have caught no more bottles. Bullets in the heart had seen to that. I phoned Homicide and told them about it. They said they were busy, but seeing as it was me, they'd be right over. Doreen and I waited. Need a handkerchief? No. Dry type tears? Don't be mean. This is not the time a girl likes to ever be mean to her. Was Corky ever mean to you? Christ, no. He was... A... I know, I know. A gentleman. He even remembered me in his will. How hard did he remember you? Oh, something like $50,000. What's uh, like $50,000? $50,000. What's his wife going to say about that? I don't care what you... Mr. Craig, how did you know Corky was married? The Corkies of this world always are. Did she approve of his helping you uh, leave show business? She didn't have any reason not to approve. There was nothing wrong between Corky and me. He was a... I, whatever he was, he's dead now, and somebody killed him. <gasps> Were you under the impression he died of old age? I knew he'd been shot, but... Mr. Craig, are the police going to think I killed him on account of we were alone in the apartment? Uh, that's going to be up to the police. Is there a back door? Uh-huh, from the kitchen. Lead me to it. All right. Well, latch from the inside. Is that important? It makes your story sound a lot better. It explains why your visitor used the front door. It took a chance on being seen by you. Oh, the back door was latched. Oh, Mr. Craig, you're a darling. I look terrible in lipstick, though. I like the effect. Maybe, but the police won't. Uh, so you better give them my regard. Mr. Craig, where are you going? To tell a widow the sad news, if it's sad, or if it's news. <laughs> I know enough to wait for the police on a murder case, but sometimes it's better not to know too much. Because people who don't know too much sometimes get told. Yes? It's pretty late, I know. It's very late. If we spend much time out on this doorstep, it'll be later still. Maybe too late. Too late for what? A heart-to-heart talk before the police arrive. Are they arriving? Pretty soon. I won't pretend I know what this is about, but come in. You are Mrs. Bruce? I am. I figured you for at least 20 years older and a lot less decorative. Thank you. This way, I'm a little worried. What about? The way I had it set up. You were supposed to be as old as your husband. Not the kind of woman who could stir a pulse anymore. And? I'm having trouble with mine. This uh, way you had it set up. Set up for what? The murder of your husband. <gasps> Brutal, excuse me. It doesn't matter. Maybe it does. You're not shedding any tears. Phony ones. I wish I could, but... Yeah. The book of etiquette calls for them, but uh, it's better this way. Better? More honest, perhaps, but hard... My business, I don't run into honesty so often I'm calloused about it. You've been home the last couple of hours? Yes. Is that when... Yeah. Anybody around who can verify that? Why? You need a verification. You inherit, don't you? I suppose so. Maybe the guy trying to imitate wallpaper behind those curtains might help. Oh. I spotted him the minute I walked in. Oh. Brian. I said he was so observant, Helen. Depends on how you look at it. Why the act? Did you think maybe it was her husband ringing the doorbell? Her husband never rings. 
My name is Anthony Breyer. I'm an attorney at law. How do you do? Mrs. Bruce was considering a divorce. Uh-huh. Because she's a bad shot? What do you mean? Because she missed Doreen a couple of times when the blonde was out walking the dog? I don't know. Anthony. Any... Well, there's no reason to bear our souls to, to this keyhole people. No, there isn't. We knew about Doreen. She was going to be named in my suit. Corky didn't keep her very much of a secret. The scoundrel even named her in his will. I know. I still don't know, though, why you ducked for cover when I rang the doorbell. That's easily explained. We were afraid you might be someone working for my husband. You see, he... He's accused me of... Of... With Brian? Yes. How true is it? Why, you... Oh, come on. Let's act like we're grown up. Well, I am very much in love with Mrs. Bruce. Always have been. But she's not. The jury might believe that. Or it might not. A, a jury? Maybe I'd better repeat myself. Your husband was murdered in Doreen's apartment. Mrs. Bruce doesn't know where... Bowie, both of you know. If you were going to name her in a divorce suit, you'd have had a detective on her. Look, you I... put up a very bad performance for a lawyer. Mrs. Bruce may be better look for somebody else. Good night. Wait. Yeah? You haven't told me your name. Barry Craig. You said something about honesty. Mr. Craig, Anthony was not here with me for the last two hours. He came just a few minutes before you... Helen, there was no necessity You kind of deprived him of an alibi, haven't you, Mrs. Bruce? I suppose so. As well as yourself. Good night. I had it all now. It didn't make a pretty picture. And of all the people involved, the one I felt sorry for was Corky. He hadn't much of a life. With a wife who despised him, a lawyer who hated him, and Doreen who uh, had a price tag attached. Maybe the bullet that had killed him had done him a favor. But whoever fired that bullet hadn't done it out of kindness. Good evening, Lieutenant Rogers. Gracious of you to drop in at headquarters, Mr. Crane. Don't be bitter, Trav. Want me to spread the news around that you can read Latin? Millions of people can read Latin. How many of them are policemen? All right, so I've got a shameful path. I went to college. Where did you go? Atlantic City. I was young and foolish. After you left the dental apartment? I visited the Bruce apartment. And met the widow? The widow and the lawyer. But you must have men there by now getting their stories. I have. You gave Mrs. Bruce a nice opportunity to rehearse. Your men ought to be grateful. Who enjoys a lousy performance? When it's given by someone suspected of murder, the district attorney. Is Doreen being held... No, nothing positive against her. How about her boyfriend? Joe Stover? In the clear. He was in Brooklyn at the important time, being wrapped up on a speeding charge. No possible doubt? No possible doubt. Sure, he carries a gun, but... Uh... Barry. Yeah? How did you know about a boyfriend? He wasn't at the apartment when you were there? No, but uh, a dame like Doreen always carries a boyfriend on the side. You must have had more reason than that. Jake spotted Doreen chatting with a loaded lad right after she'd been to see me at the office. All right. Means nothing, though. He's not in the picture at all so far as the killing goes. Okay. Oh, Trav. Yes? Got a guard on Doreen's apartment? Yeah. Send him home to his family, huh? Why? Maybe his family loves him. The answer is no. Maybe I'll take his place. Somebody might not recognize me. Somebody might be just as anxious to get Doreen as Bruce. 
Somebody might make a stab at it. Send the guard home. The answer is yes.
Who would have bothered except the jealous wife, we were supposed to think? Silver shot at you in the park. He'd have known where and when you'd be there. Then scrammed and set up an alibi. Right. Doreen made a small mistake, though. Started me thinking about her. When I got back to the apartment, I couldn't get the door open without pushing her unconscious body aside. The killer hadn't left via the back door. It was latched. So she couldn't have fallen down in that position I found her in, blocking the front door. No. She must have put herself there. A small mistake, but a good one. Although you did take a chance when the doorbell rang, Barry. You might have been wrong. It might have been Mrs. Bruce O'Brien. Uh-uh. I'd already found out that they'd never been to the apartment. Never met Doreen. When that doorbell rang, Caesar didn't bark. But he always barked when strangers came to the door. Hmm. That made it certain it was Stover. Nice, Barry. No. I don't like it when a client turns out to be a killer. Barry Craig had a somewhat troubled broadcast history, especially for being fairly successful. It aired a total of 190 episodes. Unfortunately, not many have survived. We only have 31. It aired from 1951 to 1955. The show would have separate versions of the episodes depending on which coast it was airing. It moved from time slot to time slot. Production moved from New York, 1951 to 1954, to Hollywood in 1955. And to top it off, it changed its name from Barry Crane to Barry Craig, spelled with an I-E, to Barry Craig, just spelled with a Y. In a completely arbitrary decision, we're going with the final spelling of the program, Barry Craig with a Y. The show was more of a mid-season replacement than a, headli than a headliner show, but it was certainly good enough to last a few years. William Gargan, well known for his portrayal of television and radio detective Martin Kane, was the voice of Barry Craig, while Ra Ralph Bell portrayed his associate, Lieutenant Travis Rogers. The settings of the episodes were in New York, and Craig's office was on Madison Avenue. As the promos went, he was your man when you can't go to the cops, confidentiality a specialty. Like Sam Spade, Craig narrated his stories. Unlike his contemporaries, Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe, Craig had a laid-back personality, somewhat cutting against the popular hard-boiled detective stereotype. Others in the class included Parley Bear and Betty Lou Garrison. While Gargan received many accolades as an actor, perhaps he didn't need to explore his trade that much. He was one of the few, possibly the only, radio detective who had been an actual private investigator. As a real detective, he did the typical jobs, not usually made into radio or television shows, including guarding payrolls, tailing suspects, stakeouts, and protection. He'd even been shot on the job trying to collect owed money. If you like this episode and want more of Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, then find us on Facebook where we have a link for you to download an entire CD's worth of episodes for only a dime. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.